Welcome to Life After Blindness, a blog and podcast that is dedicated to the exploration of an enabled life of blindness. And now, here's your host, Tim Schwartz. Thank you, Alyssa, and thanks to all of you for listening to the Life After Blindness podcast. If you have any questions or comments, you can send emails to tim at lifeafterblindness.com, or you can leave me a voicemail to be played on the show by calling 201-588-5221. On this week's show, I'll be speaking with Liam Irvin from Lworks Games. Liam is a blind audio games developer, and he's going to talk with us about what exactly audio games are, as well as tell us about many of the games that he himself has developed. That and so much more coming up on this week's Life After Blindness. But before we get to my interview with Liam Irvin about audio games, I wanted to take a moment to talk with all of you about the events of this past year. No, not just the COVID-19 pandemic, but a few other things that have been going on with me since the last time you may have heard my voice here on the Life After Blindness podcast. So it's kind of funny. My family and I can tell you exactly when it was the last time that we had dinner out inside an actual restaurant. It was February 29th of 2020. So on Leap Day itself, we went out for a family dinner and we haven't gone out again since. Now, we've gone out when we've needed to go to the grocery store or to the doctor, visit family that may have needed us to come and help take care of them and do things with them. But otherwise, we've stayed inside. And I know many of you out there listening to me stayed inside as well. And, and of course, this has been a major upsetting of a lot of people's lives this past year for everyone globally, but especially for people who are blind or visually impaired. I myself have gone through a lot of different things this past year. I myself had been pretty sick. I got depressed for quite uh, a bit of the year. Uh, My wife had to have a special kind of surgery. My mom, unfortunately, has been diagnosed with stage four cancer. (sighs) My grandmother needed a pacemaker. The list goes on and on and on. And I'm sure so many of you out there have your stories as well. Things that you weren't able to do, people you weren't able to see, Things you weren't able to experience because this whole past year has just completely uprooted life as we know it. Now, obviously, things are better now than they were at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, That's kind of why you're hearing my voice again now after all this time. Um, And hopefully, you know, things will continue to get better. But I do know that this last year has been very trying for so many of you out there. And so if you'd like to share any of your stories or talk about things that uh, have been impactful within your life this past year due to the COVID-19 pandemic or anything else going on, please send me an email, send me a voicemail, get, get in touch with me on social media. If, if you're comfortable, talk, talk about it. Tell your story because only by engaging with one another and talking about it can we truly get past this, put it behind us, and heal from, from this whole process. So that being said, I had reached out on social media prior to uh, recording this episode, and several people did get in touch with me to let me know just what's been going on with them during this pandemic. Hi, Tim. It's Camille here. I wanted to answer your question regarding how things might be different as a blind person due to the global pandemic. Well, I'm planning to travel next month. 
and I think I'm just a little nervous about the fact that I don't know my way around the airport very well and you know I'm going to have to ask for some assistance uh, both there and at the hotel that I'm going to be staying at and I'm just a little bit nervous because you know I'm not saying anybody's going to have it I'm actually hoping and praying that you know everybody I come into contact with won't have it and I won't have to deal with it but you know because I need some assistance I am a little bit nervous about um, interacting with other people you know but um, my workaround for going to the store I've just been using Instacart if I wanted to buy any types of groceries or anything um, essentials I just use Instacart so that I so that I can avoid other people as much as possible. My experience with the pandemic. Well, I haven't been able to sing anywhere because of the pandemic. I'm finding that I'm buying more online as opposed to going into the stores because a lot of the times our local stores is out of what I need. I uh, had to give up uh, my uh uh, gym workouts uh, at Orange Theory Fitness and um, I've had to and I've been separated from my church family those are the two main things well Tim I'm lucky I live in a rural area a uh, small town 10,000 population and I still go to Aldi and uh, other wee shops you know spa the bank, things like that. Nothing's changed really, except going up to Edinburgh or Glasgow, you know, which means a, a train journey or car journey, which I usually go by train, but uh, that's been uh, curtailed since the beginning of the pandemic, unfortunately, but we're very lucky around here. We seem to, we're one of the least affected places in uh, Scotland. So, I haven't taken any. I wear a mask if I go in the shops, like. But I, I use my support team, my son and daughter-in-law. I, um, I rely on them for shopping mainly. But I still go into Aldi's and that for various things, you know, if I run out. And they're very good in there. And uh, the baker's shop. You know, yeah, well, whatever I need, I'll go for if I have to. Uh, other precautions, I'm not taking any really. As I say, I wear a mask if I go in the shops. I have forgotten the mask at times, and if I can't go in the shop, I'll shout through the door, you know. If it's a baker shop, you know, I'll say, get us a filled roll, please. And then stand back and wait, mm. outside. Mm. There's always ways around things, but uh, it is a damn nuisance. I'll be glad when they get it sorted a vaccination or something for everybody's sake not just mine get things back to normal get the economy going back again get some jobs for the blind that would be the main thing that's a, big, that's a problem whether it's a pandemic or whether times are good getting people at work is a big problem as you know so there you go nothing's changed really except for distance travel I think for the most part it's been pretty easy as far as being blind goes, but there are a few times where I have noticed my blindness come into effect. Firstly, when COVID first began, they cut Instacart 
not COVID obviously, but Instacart was cut because of um, staff and, you know, people were panicking for a little while. And so I actually had to go out and get my groceries, get a shop assist and all that stuff, which annoyed me because I was just very much used to Instacart and that's just how I prefer to do things. Um, but now it's back up and running, so I'm happy. Um, the other instance is when I go and wait in line for something, I can't always tell if I'm exactly six feet away from somebody. You know, I might be like 12 feet, like I try, but you know, um, I often worry that I'm getting too close and so I'll try to overcompensate and I end up being like further away than I need to be. Other than that though, that's, uh, that's about it. Thank you so much to everyone who reached out and shared their stories about what they've been going through and how they've been handling the past year during this pandemic. I do have other stories from people to share, so if you'd like to hear those, let me know. Send me an email or send me a message on social media. If you have your own story that you want to share, please send that along as well. Again, my email address is tim at lifeafterblindness.com. If you want to leave a voicemail, that phone number again is 201 5885221. All right, so now it's time to sit back, relax, and have some fun while I talk to Liam Irvin about audio games. I'm now joined by audio game designer, podcaster, and voice actor extraordinaire, Liam Irvin. Liam, welcome to Life After Blindness. It's great to be here, Mr. Schwartz. Oh, uh, sorry. My Feeny <laughs> expecting... came out. Uh, yeah, you know. How's no, it you're going? Show, you're showing your Feeny a little bit. Yeah. I would say, may the Schwartz be with you. That's what I would say. Mr. Matthews, Mr. Hunter, we're here to talk about audio games. <laughs> I don't think Feeny would even know about video games, let alone audio games. He'd be mad because anyway. he's probably why the kids are in detention in the first place. Well, that's true because they were sneaking off to play video games somewhere, maybe. Exactly. Yeah. That, that exactly. would have been my life growing up, sneaking off to go play video games. Me too. And then you have to deal with a lecture from Feeney about how you know important studying is and blah, blah, blah. So so speaking of studying, I have yeah. – uh, see what I did there? I have, oh, uh, I like that. Yeah. I've been I've been following your your stuff for a long, long time. We actually – we talked about this before we hit record. We actually had a, a, a near – meeting many years ago on a serotech show that just didn't happen we won't necessarily go into that but um but i've played many of your games and and followed you on on you know different uh, social media outlets and yeah. podcasts and things you've, you've been doing this stuff for a while not trying to say you're old or anything but you've been doing this for a while call me old <laughs> <laughs> back in my AJ, we didn't have audio games so i guess first liam i, I should ask you the question what is an audio game well, an audio game essentially is a game whose primarily uh, primary output is audio, which I realize, you know, <laughs> I mean, audio game. But uh, the, the concept is, is that instead of making a game based on visuals, uh, the game uses audio as the guiding force behind it. So uh, it could be anything from a story driven game such as, uh, you know, like, remember those old, um, like the turn the page books. Or oh whatever. yeah. Like choose um, your own adventure or turn the, yeah, hear the sound yeah. and turn the page. Yeah. When you hear the golden chime, you know, <laughs> when you hear golden... the chime ring out like this. Bling! And it was, and it was yes. always, depending on the book, it was always some weird sound. Uh, my favorite was one time it was like a squeaky toy. Yes. Like that's <laughs> the weirdest thing I've ever, but, um, yeah. 
<clears throat> so the concept is uh, a game that can be played just by your ears. And, you know, it, the, the original concept was let's, you know, make something, you know, for blind people. But it's amazing, actually, now that audio games, especially because of uh, the speakers, which see if I say the speaker, it'll go off in here. And I think if I say its name, half of the listeners, their their living rooms will start like going crazy. Um, so, you know, we won't. So, yes. Yeah. 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 Lady A, as we refer Lady to a. her. Yes. Lady A. <laughs> Um, they're, they're starting to be like, kind of like a resurgence now for these games, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, audio games essentially is, you know, the, the original concept was designing stuff for people that were blind because there weren't really games. Uh, there weren't really anything for blind people to play. I suppose like in the early nineties and all that you had text adventures and you had a lot of things, uh, I'm, I'm a bit younger. So like people that I talk to that are 10, 15, 20 years older than me will remember fondly a lot more text adventures than I will. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the concept of, of having a game that people can play that are visually impaired or blind is, is really cool. It is really cool. And it's funny how you were mentioning that it feels like it could or is been is becoming more mainstream because so many of these games have been coming out lately. I mean, we've had some scattered over the years, not just yours, but many other developers who have created a lot of really awesome audio games, some more immersive than others, some that are text, some that are full on just, you know, audio with sound effects and music and voice yeah. actors and all kinds of great things. But you don't even have to have those to have it be fun. There's so no. many just simple games you can play that just are so much fun and don't have to be all that advanced. And I've heard so many things lately about video games, actual visual games that are making themselves more accessible with, uh, you know, with screen readers, either on an Xbox or a PlayStation of all things, or even on PC or Mac and updating their games for us to play them. But then even companies that are, you know, big time companies saying, yeah, we're going to make games that yeah, you can see it, but it's just as much an audio game as anything. Yeah. And that's really awesome that we're getting to the point where even the mainstream appreciates playing a game with no visual. And it used to not, I mean, it used to definitely not be that way, which is when I got started. Um, oh man. Uh, 18 years ago, I think. I mean, when I really got into this, there was, I mean, there was nothing. And, and, you know, we mainstream games, mainstream companies did not know who we were, what we were, you know, what we were doing. So it was all up to us. And it was kind of like, it was up to us to make our own fun. You know, it was, Oh, exactly. Yeah. It was, That's you what... know, it was, it was all, we, we had to do our own thing, make our own fun. And you know, it was, it was a good time. I mean, it was, you know, we still do. I mean, it, it really well, hasn't changed all that much in some ways. But when you got into it, like you said, there really wasn't a lot of, audio games as you said there were maybe no. some text-based role-play games and things like that and you know those those were available and accessible thankfully and, and that yeah i was slightly before my time as well but when i started to lose more vision and i actually had talked to somebody at my local association for the blind he's like well you can still play games i'm like i, I can and this was i mean this is going way way back but he showed me a little bit of shades of doom that you know yeah. that takes you back and so that, that's like, going back to like 2000 2001 exactly um yeah i but i mean you know the, the fact is is that yeah i mean you know we realized that you know hey there's a there's a market for this and b it'd be fun 
Well, yeah, and I remember, you know, getting started with something like Shades of Doom and then so many different audio games that I would find. Shout out to audiogames.net because I, <laughs> I, I used them as a crutch for quite a few years there, finding anything and everything I could, Yeah, you know, even up to the last several years. I mean, I was looking on there the other day and I realized, you know, Entombed is like 12 years old now. I'm like, how oh, did yeah. that happen? You know, I well, love and what's the, crazy is I've got games that are like, 14 15 16 years old and people are still playing them and talking about them and enjoying them well exactly and and i wanted to talk to you with you about that because you know you getting into this so many years ago you, know, you said 18 years ago yeah and you know i've played probably every game you've put out and loved them as many other people have and they're still playing them like you said what, what got you started with it i like games um when i was a kid i started playing mainstream video games when i was like four and it was kind of a weird a weird thing because it wasn't like I could see the game. I, I couldn't fully experience the game, but the concept of this interactive medium that you could control with a few buttons, I just was so fascinating to me. It was just mind boggling that somebody had come up with this interactive medium. And I'm like, you know, I want, I want to do this in some capacity uh, so, I mean, as a kid, like I got my hands on everything I could play. I got my hands on like every gaming magazine I could read, watched every TV show I could watch. Um, a lot of my friends would play games. I would just sit and watch them and ask a lot of questions. And I just, I found it so fascinating and it was, I was never bothered by the fact that I couldn't play them per se. So I was born completely blind. So like I'm, I'm coming in from a um, perspective of never having vision. So never having experienced games and then not being able to play them. But, you know, I, I knew that everything was going to be different for me. I knew that I couldn't experience things the same way that my sighted counterparts could, but I, I didn't let it stop me. I was like, you know, I'm going to learn as much as I can because I find this interesting and I find this intriguing and I feel like one day there's going to be a way maybe not to be able to play games the same way other people do, but man, there's going to be a way to level this playing field. There's going to be a way to make this happen. Um, and so as I got older, I had started studying a little bit of computer programming and actually my, my big thing came in high school, uh, junior year, I took a programming class and I was like, you know, I'm learning all this coding. Why can't I make games? Why can't we make something that, people can play i mean yeah. i'm not i won't be the first to do it i'm like i other people are doing it so this is possible so i started studying like okay what could i make how could i make it and so the first game i had made was like a guess the number game uh where <laughs> the computer gives you a number between one and ten right uh you have three get chances to guess it and i was a fully like voiced guess the number game and it was really dumb the, the funny thing is now a lot of people now, their first project is guess the number. Um, of course it is. And I, I can't imagine where that idea came hmm. from uh, at all, ever. No. Uh, um, but it was, you know, it was a cool concept because I'm like, at the time I had never, you know, I mean, for, for what it is, it's, it's really simplistic, but I, I wanted to make these games that would be very, you know, involved as far as like audio went. So I did that, and then I did this little game called Super Shot, which was like just a glorified, like, I, I don't know. It was almost like a glorified bop it in a way, um, where you just had to press uh, the key from where the sound was coming from. But what made it was we had, uh, I had a, a guy that I knew that would did music for it. And so it was like this whole on production that, like, we hadn't really had. Um, and so... It, 
I like to take simple concepts and make them big and, and make them loud. Um, because I like simple games. I've always enjoyed the concept of something that you can pick up and play. So, um, I think the most advanced thing I did was, um, super Liam, which, oh, yeah. uh, you had mentioned to me, uh, and I'll never, I'll never live down that. Um, <laughs> I named a game after myself. I get that all the time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're, but, uh, that was, you know, that was kind of the culmination of my childhood was I had this idea for a game and I don't know why I wanted to make it super Liam. I think I, I think what happens is I was the kid that like, when you went out to recess, I was the one that would sit on the swings. And so I would mm-hmm. sit on the swings for my entire recess and just think. And that's where like, I'd kind of go into my, my head and think about things and ponder things and imagine things and, and just create. Yeah. And just create. And so I created yeah. all these things in my head and I said, man, one day I'm going to make this game. I, I I'm going to make a game. And so that was what I wanted to create. And it would, to me, that was, you know, it was, it was just what I always wanted to do. And so what was cool about super Liam was that it was the first attempt at making an audio based platformer. Uh, and for those that really aren't game, uh, game savvy, a platformer essentially is where you have a character and you run from left to right and you have to avoid obstacles. Um, for those that might be familiar, think Mario, um, you know, so, yep. you know, you, you jump on things and destroy enemies, collect coins, blah, blah, blah. And so I wanted to create something like that and it, it had never been done. Uh, no one had ever tried it. And so I, I don't want to say I invented because I, I always hate the saying like I pioneered or I invented, but my idea was how can I using sound, show a player that they're moving from, you know, like left to right. And I'm like, well, that's easy. We'll just use panning. And so things that would be in front of you or to your right would be on your right side, things that are behind you or to your left would be on your left side. And I mean, really the, the term side scroller is where I got it from. I'm like, well, if everything is to the side, then let's go to the side. Um, and it's really kind of been cool because when I did this, no one had done it. And so people were just like, wow, this is a really cool concept and, and a really cool idea. And what I really love is that I've seen other people take the side scrolling concept and add on to it and like make it their own. And it's so cool to know that in, in that way I helped jumpstart this whole concept in gaming. And if I hadn't done it, someone else probably would have, but it, it still feels good. I mean, it's just, it's nice to know that like, I kind of helped revolutionize something in, in the audio gaming industry. And since having done that, like you said, so many people have taken that idea in audio gaming and run with it. Yeah. You know, I, I've seen you know, numerous games that are side scrolling where you have to you know, jump over something or jump on something or avoid a pit or, you know, swing from left to right, whatever it is. Yeah. Because like you said, it, it makes sense because if you know it's a side scroller and your character is moving, say, from left to right and the audio is moving in the same way and the, the characters are approaching you that can be so easily done. And, and what's great about that is that, you know, with the panning, like you talked about, y- you can do that and immerse yourself and create games with just audio. Yeah. But then in the years since we've seen games where, and, and you've done this a little bit and we'll, we'll get into that too, where it's not just side scrolling, but more 
walking around a, you know, almost like right. the, the real world and be able to say, okay, the sound is to your left, to your right. It's in front of you, behind you, you know, in all three, you know, 360 degrees and even something like that, because now we're getting more immersive. There's more that you can do with what's approaching you. And, yep. uh, and so, you know, that's kind of the next level, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so I had thought about how you could take the movement concept and enhance it. And so I was sitting around bored one day, which happens more oftentimes than not. Um, I think we all, I think we all go through that. And I was We've thinking back onto um, when I was a kid and I know you said you lost your vision later in life, so you probably won't have this experience, but as little blind kids, they used to um, put us in this big field and put down these beeping Easter eggs that were made by telepioneers. Yep. Yeah. I've never actually gotten to do it, but I have heard about okay. it, talked to people. So I've, yeah, I've listened to videos where kids are doing it and I absolutely love the concept. It was, it was such a cool thing. And I like, I was amazing at it. I was so much fun. Like you'd just <laughs> run around and collect these BP Easter eggs. Right. Cause you know, there's, there's nothing that says just like injuries waiting to happen than putting a bunch of blind kids in a field and saying, run. Run you know? for the same beeping egg. Run, run for the same head. beeping object all at the same time. <laughs> um, tackle the egg and tackle each other at the same time. Yeah, yeah. make sure gotta, the, the medic is on hand. Yeah, you got to wonder if they had the a camera and the Benny Hill theme ready just for that. So I'm like, can I transform that into a game idea? And so I didn't have the sounds of the beeping Easter egg, so I think I just used some random beep sound. And I'm like, well, let's make a game where we run around and collect these these beeping eggs. And so I created a game called Egg Hunt because that's so original. You know, well, you're hunting for eggs. Well, you know, Super Liam to Egg Hunt. You know, we're, yeah. We're, there's um, a theme here. Yes. Yeah. I, I imagine simple. so. Yeah. You keep it simple. But the, the thing wrong with keeping it simple. So when I made the game, I, I was playing it. And I'm like, well, this is really cool, but we have a problem. And the problem was, was that you couldn't tell when something was behind you or in front of you. Um, so the original egg hunt had all the beeps were at the same pitch. And so if you ran towards it, it would get louder. If you ran away from it, it would get quieter, but it would get the same, you know, the same pitch or the, you know, the same note. And so I had this idea of, well, why don't we take anything behind you and lower it about maybe a step? So maybe your, your things in front of you are, and things behind you are, so, uh, Makes a little sense. different than that. Right. But you, you don't hear yeah. me in the game going. But. <laughs> so I had this idea and I'm like, well, let's let's advance the, the game. Uh, let's let's add things to it. And I was thinking about how Egg Hunt had no sort of um, there's no sort of challenge. And I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine uh, years ago and we were discussing how everything whether it's a story, a game, whatever has conflict. And I remember one time she challenged me to write something that had no conflict. And I remember going, this is really boring, man. No conflict is. (laughs) So I I was thinking about that. I'm like, well, how can I give something some conflict, you know? And I'm like, well, you need to have something that is trying to keep you from collecting eggs. And I'm like, well, what would be something that would keep you from collecting eggs? And I said, well, a chicken. And I remember, I was trying to remember what made me think of a chicken. And I remember at the Easter egg hunt, there was like a guy dressed up in a chicken suit. 
And I okay. swear, I think his name was like Charlie the Chicken or something. Maybe, maybe it's just a dream I had. I don't know. Um, but I vaguely remember a chicken. So okay. it, it got me thinking about like, what could I do to make the game a little more, I don't know, just a little more. And so I'm like, well, let's add a chicken. And the chicken's goal is to peck you and make you appear somewhere else on the field. I don't think the chicken did that when I was a kid. I don't, I, if he did, yeah, I blocked it out sure. of my mind. You That'd know? be one heck of a dream if, if the chicken was doing that. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but so I'm like, well, let's try this and see how it goes. And I, I found that it was really cool. And I'm like, well, then let's think about how we can enhance this. And so I added bonuses of these clocks. And when you picked up a clock, you got extra time. And so I was like, well, this is kind of like egg hunt, but it's, you know, better. So what, what do we call it? And of course, being as original as I am, I called it super egg hunt because, you know, it, it just makes sense again. Yes. I mean, you had you had like breakout and super breakout. You had like exactly, you know, Pac-Man and Pac-Man plus. So what's wrong with super egg hunt? You know, I agree. And so. I, I built this game and people enjoyed it. And then I got thinking, I'm like, well, why can't I enhance this and make, you know, make different modes? Why can't we have a mode where, you know, you're just collecting eggs. So we'll go classic. Why can't we have a mode where you're in a chicken coop? So it's a smaller area, but more chickens. Why can't we have a mode where everything's backwards? Um, and so around 2012, I put all this together and made super egg hunt plus. And it was a uh, optional game mode that people could purchase. And uh, the cool thing about the game is it doesn't even bother you to purchase it if you don't want it. It's just like, you know, it's just here if you want it, but no one's going to make you get it. Right. Um, Please do. But if you don't. Yeah, if you want to go okay for too. it. But if if not, right. we're not going to bug you about it. Sure. Because, uh, you know, everything, everything software wise, if you're enjoying this, please register this game. Blah, 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 yep. blah, 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 blah. Uh, and it was just for me, it was like, hey, if you want to, yeah, that'd be great. So I had made this game and it, I mean, it's still being played and we're coming up on eight years at the end of August of uh, Super Egg Hunt Plus being out. And I mean, people are still playing it. They're still buying it. They're still loving it. I'm still getting emails from people going, I'm so addicted to this game. I spent seven hours playing it and lost track of time. And I've been there with Super Egg Hunt Plus. My cat's yes. hungry. It wants to kill me because I won't stop playing the game. And Yes, my, my kids need to be cleaned and sent to school, but I'm too busy playing Super Egg Hunt Plus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, no, I've absolutely been there uh, with that game. And uh, here to tell you what, you wanted an adversary for the game. The, the chickens just, I can't even say, I can't say on air here what I want to say about those stinking chickens <laughs> they, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot they really of things, make you angry i'll just say there's that. a lot of things that have been said about the chicken that just can't be said in polite company exactly um, i'm sure I, but but that's the whole point though i almost feel bad for the chicken sometimes you know because he oh, gets i don't <laughs> he, he gets so much hate i think he's like the most hated character but that said like you, like you were talking about you know this game is now eight years old i'm sure at easter time leading up to easter you probably get a, a, a big jump in downloads probably the same way you I, I would presume leading up to christmas your other game the great tra uh the great toy robbery oh you're gonna say the great train robbery huh yeah i was gee the 40 and slip yes that yeah well, you know. now would you believe that i had actually never read that book until actually i i made the game really yeah i had never even heard of it until i made great toy robbery 
Well, and then I was like, wait, Crichton wrote a book called The Great Train Robbery. There you go. Yeah, see? <laughs> but a uh, great, great, great toy robbery. I mean, to be honest with you, it's just a reskinned egg hunt. I mean, but I figured if the concept worked, why not? So I wanted to make a Christmas game. But the thing I did was I tried to make it a little more. Um, I tried to make it have an objective, whereas, you know, Super Egg Hunt is there's no objective. It's just collect as many eggs as you can. This time I made collect toys and then escape. So I tried to make this whole like, you know, concept of let's do something where there is an end. So instead of doing that arcade style of get as many points as you can before time runs out, this is sure. Get as many points as you can, but complete the objective. Right. That makes sense. It gives you a little bit more to do in another goal, which makes it different from super egg hunt. So that makes sense. Yeah. And then I just updated that um, last with Christmas of 2018. Um, I updated that so it has uh, it runs on Mac now. So you know, you guys that are running a Mac, rejoice! Um, yeah. So I ended up doing this update and I reworked. So the whole concept is is that you play as this character named uh, Naughty McNaughterson. So as you can tell, he's probably not like a really nice guy. So he, uh, the whole thing is that, you know, Christmas didn't come for him. Santa never brings him anything. So he decides he's going to get, get going to go get toys himself. And, uh, so you run around this workshop and I, I, maybe, I don't know if I've been watching like too much, maybe nightmare before Christmas or too many Tim Burton films or something. But (laughs) my whole idea was to make this really twisted Christmas game. So as you're collecting toys, these elves pop onto the board and they're elves on pogo sticks. And so they bounce around and they try to, you know, knock you out. And then once you get enough toys, then it goes total creepy and uh, Santa Claus comes out. But uh, first of all, it's not, you know, Santa Claus as you remember him. This is like gigantic Santa Claus that stomps around and tries to step on you. <laughs> like Godzilla Claus. Yeah. Yes. And it, but, it, but the cool thing is it goes really dark. So it kind of goes from happy to collecting toys to, oh, I got to escape. And uh, I don't know if you've played, you probably played the updated version Yes, um, I have. So you'll you'll notice that the the ambiance really changes, and you get this like pounding drum beat thing, and it just you're like, oh. Um, but I I this idea of collecting. So the idea was that was that there are like eight doors or seven doors scattered around the grid, and as yeah. you collect keys, it'll unlock these doors, and so you get to decide if you want to do a risk versus reward, which is. Um, do I want to escape or do I want to collect all the keys to unlock all the doors? Problem is, is you, if you unlock all the doors, Santa Claus finally has enough of it and gets in his death sleigh, by the way, spelled S L a Y only one person has noticed this, <laughs> which made me sad. I was like, wow, only one person has noticed the spelling of sleigh and you literally have 10 seconds to get to the nearest door. Otherwise he literally just kamikaze the entire workshop yes he does <laughs> and it i mean it is a lot of fun uh there are so many achievements to earn it's it's just it, it's a fun game and i mean it's also free if you do say so yourself and promote yourself but you're absolutely right i can't disagree with you it is lots of fun you know like i was saying i'm sure it's it's still being played, you know, vastly oh, yeah. today. And oh, I'm sure even you know, at Christmas time, it gets even more popular. People play it in June. I mean, it, it's a game that people will play yes. throughout the year. So in all your experiences making these games for PC and Mac, I know that you did dive into the iPhone 
once, I believe. Yeah. And from what I've read online, that's probably not happening again, much to the dismay of a lot of us who really love that game. Talk to me just kind of briefly about that experience and, uh, you know, doing something for a smartphone. I made this archery game that ran on like Pac-Mates and some older devices. And um, so I wanted to try doing stuff for the iPhone because one of the most requested things I get every, probably every day will is, Hey, are you going to bring your games to the iPhone? I want to play super egg hunt on my phone. Mm-hmm. And so I had tried to do this archery game and it was just a horrible, horrible time. And I learned a lot from it, but it just left a bad taste in my mouth for mobile development for a while. And it's been one of those things where I'd love to do it again, but what I, I'm just the torture I went through of having to meet Apple's requirements was just, oh, it was awful. To this day, I still kind of have nightmares about it. Nightmares like Santa Claus tried to come and annihilate you and squash you like a bug? Yeah. Yeah. I can yeah, see exactly. That. I, felt like that was, I felt like that was Apple. I was expecting a giant Apple with a piece cut out of it to come stomping towards me sometimes. I totally understand where you're coming from with that. I've seen those questions on your Twitter feed and, and online, people begging yeah. you to bring each and every game to you know a mobile platform. And that, that kind of brings me to another point, Liam, because as we talked about, there's so many games and I, I hate to even, you know, mention games that aren't under the L works banner of oh, games, no. Something but, wrong with that. but no, <laughs> but, um, but at the same time, there's so many awesome games out there. I know that with your podcasts and, and some of your video, you know, live videos that you've done, you've mm-hmm. taken the time to review a lot of these games. So you've kind of got your finger on the pulse, not only with the games that you produce yourself, but a lot of the really awesome, or maybe even not so much, uh, audio games that are out there. What would you say right now, if somebody was like, you know, other than an Elworks game, a Liam Irvin made game, if they were going to play something and really enjoy it, what would be a few recommendations you could give? There's other games. No, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. There um, are no games except Elworks games. Audio game wise. So I've been really into, um, this game called crazy party. And, uh, it's a free game that was made by a fellow off in France. And uh, he kind of went for the Mario Party vibe. And okay. it's really kind of cool. It's it's a fun fun game. I I'll, I stream it a lot, uh, much to the dismay of many who are tired of me streaming it. But um, <laughs> I, I do stream it a lot. It's got a ton of little mini games in it. Uh, it's playable online. And then uh, I've been really into, and we're, we're waiting for it to come out, but I've been waiting for the Cursed Painting by Wonderword. And they are a group of people from uh, Sweden. And they are making these really cool uh, Amazon Echo-based games that are just fantastic. Uh, I, I cannot recommend them enough. Well, talk about that a bit because we've been talking about games that you can play on PC or Mac or even on your smartphone. Mm-hmm. But like we mentioned a little earlier, Lady A and Google Assistant have so many audio games. As I always talk about, people probably get tired of hearing me say this, but those devices, smart home devices, are accessibility by accident for the blind. Yeah. Because of just their true nature of what they are and how they work. It, it's just accessible for us right out of the box. Yeah. And there are a lot of great audio immersive games that you can play on a, on a, Oh yeah. Like um, that. but wanderword.net, uh, W a N D E R W O R D.net. Uh, they have some cool games out and then we're waiting for cursed painting. It's kind of like a, uh, game book style adventure. 
uh, in terms of like, I don't want to say so much dungeons, dungeons and dragons, but you can definitely tell that there's a tabletop vibe to it. And so if you've played stuff like that, you'll definitely like be familiar with that. Uh, Another thing that I'm waiting for, which is not wonder word. Actually, I believe Amazon has their finger in this pie and you can tell because a lot of money was put into it. Um, for those that are familiar with tabletop gaming, they are doing a dramatized, like interactive drama version of Starfinder, which is oh, wow. uh, part of the, yeah, part of the Finder series. So for those that might know what Pathfinder is, Starfinder is the space equivalent of Pathfinder. And the prequel for Starfinder just came out a few months ago. And it is, I mean, truly amazing. I, I like, I was blown away. I did not even know that you could do what they did with a uh, echo skill. And so I cannot recommend that enough. And it's literally just simple as saying wake word, open Starfinder, And I, it, it's, oh, it's so much. It's so good. Yeah, I've been really impressed with a lot of the the games you can play on your you know, your smart home device. Yeah, you would think that you know there are some that are cheesy and they're not as great. The sound effects maybe aren't all that great. The story might not be good, but then you find those gems like you talked about, and it's just it's so nice. And I'm hoping to talk about those more and more in upcoming episodes. You know, to to really highlight those and showcase those because there are so many great ones that. You're just interacting with your voice and it's that yep. simple and they're playing sound effects and have actors and, and all these kind of things. Even the ones that are like movie studio presented, I know they're just to promote an upcoming movie and they're like a short, you know, chapter by chapter yep. telling of, a, you know, of the movie or whatever. Even those can be fun in the short time to get to play them and things. So, you know, I, I always encourage people to take a look at what uh, you know, your smart home device has, you know, go to, like we talked about before, audiogames.net. It's got such a large directory of audio games going back literally yeah. 20 years. You know, we talked about Shades of Doom and, and the old, what was it, uh, Grizzly Gulch and Chillingham's, yep. all the way up through all of your games, of course, that you've put out. So many different things for all the different platforms. But that leads me to the future then, Liam, because I happen to know by looking at your Twitter and, and, and all the things that you do online, yeah. and we, we had a bit of a chat about this. You're working on a, a really special add-on that my buddy Stephen Scott from uh, Double Tap Canada, he will love this. T- tell me about what you've got coming up here. So I've been playing around with, in the last couple of weeks with the concept of creating a mod, or we, you know, we, the the shorthand term is mod or modification for Grand Theft Auto V. And uh, for those that aren't in the know, it's a very, it's still popular. The game's been out for like eight years. Um, it's a popular first person, uh, I guess you call it like a shooter and, uh, essentially you play as an individual that goes around a city and you can drive vehicles and shoot things and drive more vehicles and shoot more things. Um, but I got interested in, could the game not necessarily be made fully accessible, but could we harness the information from the game to create something that would allow people to navigate the game world a little more independently. So my interest wasn't in, can I make the game playable from point A to point B? My interest was if I drop you in Los Santos, which is the game world, it's kind of modeled on LA and a lot of California, actually. Um, Can I drop into this world 
And can I know what's going on around me? And the answer is, yeah, yeah, I can actually. Um, I'm able to tell what direction I'm traveling in. I'm able to tell where I am, what vehicles are around me. To a certain extent, I can tell what characters and objects are around me. There's kind of uh, some some gotchas to that, and I don't want to get into the technical side of that because all your listeners will fall asleep. Um, <laughs> but needless to say, it's not perfect, but I can tell to a, a somewhat high degree of accuracy what's around me, uh, where it is in relation to my character. And uh, honestly, I mean, it, you can't play the uh, campaign, which is really unfortunate because it's an interesting story. So if, if you're into watching stuff on, on like YouTube, watch a playthrough of Grand Theft Auto 5. It's very interesting. Obviously, uh, I, I probably should preface this. Uh, definitely not uh, kid-friendly. No, definitely uh, not. A lot no. of adult content. Uh, a lot. And it, it really pulls no punches. I've been really settling in with Grand Theft Auto and, and really having a good time just building this, this add-on that you control with just a few buttons and uh you know it's kind of neat i mean it's i i'm it's to me i'm using it like a big sandbox and that's that's the term they actually give these games that have big open world they call them open world or sandbox games because you can kind of just do what you want you want to walk around and look at the scenery you can you want to drive a car and run over a bunch of people well you can do that too, I guess, if that's your thing. You um, know about my buddy Steven, but he does it in a bus. So yeah. That- <laughs> oh, well, okay. Well, you know, I, I did it in a rhino tank. So I mean, you know, but I mean, and 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 then so like I've been adding all these features into like if there's somewhere that you want to teleport to, you can choose to. Um, if you want a car and you don't feel like going to find one, you can uh, spawn a car. Uh, and there's all these add-ons, like there's add-ons to drive around. So I, my cousin was over today, actually, uh, you know, the day we're recording this podcast and, uh, he was watching me play this and he told me that, Hey, you know, if you push this button, you'll put a waypoint on the map. So I actually was doing these little missions where you, uh, find a a taxi cab and you can actually take calls. So literally I had the taxi cab driving itself to um people's locations getting them and then taking them to where they wanted to go that's awesome <laughs> so it kind of felt like i was like the uber of the future you know yeah, absolutely I just felt like i was the guy control you know just watching the gauges and the dials but the car was uh driving itself that's fantastic now this is something you're, you're working on correct kind so of I, under the hood behind the scenes but not available yet right it's, so it's going to be i would say I don't even want to give a time frame. I mean, I, I I can't because I just don't know. But I would say somewhat near future, you know. I'd say, well, you know, between tomorrow and next year, you know. I mean, but I, I don't I don't think <laughs> I'm I'm thinking a few weeks to a month, you know, it just depends. I as I go, I find myself adding things. And I find myself tweaking things and I find myself making changes and like, you know, getting feedback from a few people that I showed it to. Well, that's got to be the fun part and the creative side of it for you, where it's like, okay, I'm playing this and this is great, but, oh, I wonder if I could have it do this or what if I could do that and then just add it in and see how it goes. Yeah, exactly. Could I add this feature? Could I have this happen? Could I do this? If I can't do this, what's another way I can accomplish it? 
And really, my whole reason for doing this is just I want to prove it can be done. So I want to like have a working prototype and then shoot a video and send it to these companies and be like, remember when you said that it wasn't possible for a blind person to navigate a 3D environment? Yeah, yep. let me show you how you're wrong. And let me show you how it can be done. I really wish that once upon a time when I was playing a lot of MMORPGs, you know, online roleplay games, that there was a mod for something like that. Cause I yeah. played dark age of Camelot for a number of years when I still had some vision. And of course there became a time where I just couldn't do it anymore. If there had been a mod that read the text to me in the chat boxes and read the missions to me, things like that helped me with navigational, you know, awareness and things like that. I'd probably still be playing it today, which yeah, I, I mean, it would bad, just, but... I, I, I would be so like, same thing. Like I know a lot of people want to play world of Warcraft. It's the same sort of yep. thing where like, it would be nice to have these, these add-ons to do this there's certain there's certain inherent issues um mainly just getting the data from the game but you know developers would make this available i i mean it could be done it's and and i'm gonna prove that to a certain extent in grand theft auto 5 it can be done can you play the main mission no do you know everything that's around you no but can you more independently navigate your environment yeah can you um know where you're at yeah can you interact whether it's good or bad with various people around the city yeah so you know i'm i'm gonna prove that you can do it and uh that's that's what i want to do i mean that's my big thing and i remember talking to a couple modders and they're like you're doing what and i'm like yeah i'm gonna see if this works i'm like i don't know if it will but i'm like why not how do we know until we try you got it. Absolutely. You never, ever know until you try. And honestly, I mean, I, I can, you know, I, I don't want to get too profound, but I mean, honestly, one message that I, I'll tell everybody that's listening is no matter what you're doing in life, and even if you don't think it's going to work or you're not sure, how are you going to know until you try? And sometimes our, our greatest ideas and, and really just the best things we do in our lives are the things that we do because we tried something and may not work out the way we want it to, but you might stumble upon something or you might come up with some idea because you just decided to try something. You know what? You don't know until you try yeah. and, you know, specific to, you know, our lives and, and being blind and playing audio games, you know, just to know that these things are available, they're out there and we can enjoy things. Maybe it's not the mainstream game, although that's slowly kind of coming in some respects, but there are things that are available for us to play. There are games that we can yeah. enjoy. And, and honestly, they've come such a long way as, and as we are, we are out. getting there. We are getting there with mainstream games. It's going to be a while. Um, something that I, I, I tell people and, and that annoys them to no end, which is. I preach patience and, and you have to be patient because we're in a lot, we're in very uncharted territory right now. And companies are just starting to realize that blind people are interested in gaming. And so what I always tell people is if you want to see change and you want to see things happen, the best way of doing that is to reach out to these companies and go, Hey, I'm interested in X, Y, Z. And I'd love to play it um, because ultimately what we need are the numbers. So in business, you do things based on 
the amount of uh, people it's going to impact. So if you know that a feature is only going to be used by 50 people, you're not going to put as much time into it. Say, if you know that feature will positive, positively impact maybe 10, 15,000 people and maybe make 15,000 sales. Um, so, I mean, it's, it, for us, it's the strength in numbers. That is the most important thing. The, the more, the more, the merrier and the more people, the more powerful the message is. Absolutely. And now into that end, Liam, I know a lot of people want to see more of what you're going to be doing mm-hmm. and follow everything that you're doing online and, and watch your videos and listen to your podcasts. So in wrapping up here, then I want you to take a moment, just plug away everything that you've got going on. Where can okay. people find you? What can people do to, to follow you? So on Twitter, I am Liam Irvin. That's L I A M E R V E N. Pretty much. You can find me on everything with that. Um, I'm on YouTube. I'm on Twitter. Um, I think I'm on Instagram, but I don't use that. Cause what am I going to post pictures of? Here's that a picture familiar. of my wall. <laughs> right. Um, here's a picture of my floor, you know? So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm on the major platforms. Um, I do post a lot of things, uh, not as active as I used to be. I just, I don't know. Social media is like, eh. but, um, I, I have been posting a bit about the grand theft auto thing. Um, and I do live videos from time to time. Uh, you know, and also for my games, you can visit l works.net and, uh, that will, you know, I, I put updates up there when there's game updates and, uh, you know, I mean, if, if you're listening to this podcast and, uh, something that I've said, you know, has, um, inspired you in some way, drop me a line. Let me know. Um, you know, would love to hear from you. And, uh, you know, hopefully, like I said, going forward, I think we're going to, I think we're going to see big things. I just, again, we, you know, we work at a slower pace than other groups do, um, just cause things are smaller, but, um, that's okay. You know, I mean, we're going to get there and I really do. I think, you know what, let's all come back in 10 years and let's, I want to see where are we in 2030? Because I'm telling you where we will be will be nothing like we were in 2020. I, I can absolutely agree with that. And, and when that happens, I'll be very happy to have you back on, Liam, if you'll if you'll have us and we'll talk about that and, and the future. And I think the future's bright for, for not just oh, audio yeah. gaming, but for video games and, and all of it. I think it's going to be great. But I do encourage everybody listening, if you're interested in gaming at all, audio games, all of the stuff that we've talked about, definitely check out everything that Liam's doing. Check out l-works.net got a lot of great games there like we've talked about that you can go and play and have a lot of fun with uh and all the other things we talked about i will put those links in the show notes but uh liam it's been a long time coming i've been wanting to talk with you for such a long time and i'm so glad that i was able to finally get a hold of you and have you come on so thank you very very much for coming on the life after blindness podcast yeah thank you for having me it's uh it's been fantastic you know i've i've, I've really enjoyed it i'm so glad that i finally got to meet liam and, and talk with him about audio games What a nice guy. What a fun guy. So yeah, I definitely recommend that you check out his website. Again, that's l-works.net. And if you're interested in audio games, let me know. I'd love to do reviews or walkthroughs of any of the audio games that are out there. There's so many available for PC and Mac, for iPhone, Android, even Amazon Echoes, as we talked about. So if you'd like to hear more or hear an actual specific walkthrough of any kind of game, let me know, and we'll put that on a future episode of the show. 
And that brings us to the end of another episode of the Life After Blindness podcast. Remember, if you have any questions or comments, you can send your emails to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. And all of the links and more information about things talked about in the episode today can be found in the show notes by going to lifeafterblindness.com slash 40. That's lifeafterblindness.com slash 40. Thank you again to Liam Irvin from Elworks Games for talking with us about audio games. And thanks once again to everyone who's gotten in touch with me about their experiences as a blind or visually impaired person living through the pandemic. Please join me again next time as together we continue our journey to find that there truly can be a life after blindness. Take care, everybody. 